Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, we're going in a little bit of a different direction. We're going to talk finances rather than design. Um, I know that sounds weird, but um, you'll understand in a minute once we get into it. Um, my guest is Jeff Hibbard, and he is the CEO of Interval Zero. And these guys do RTOSs for... Uh, I believe industrial automation type applications. Is that right, Jeff? That's exactly right. So like uh, semiconductor, circuit boards, robotics, medical imaging. You know, we have Sterling customers like Samsung, TSMC, Nachi, and uh, GE Healthcare as an example. Okay, so frame this for me. How big is your company? Because that's important in this discussion we're going to have. Sure. So uh, we're a little over $10 million in sales. We have 54 uh, employees. We have offices in... Taiwan, the United States is our headquarters, uh, Europe, and in India. And how many of those people would you put under the banner of R&D engineering? So over 50%. Okay. All right. So that's significant. So now what are we talking about here? There's this thing that uh, you actually brought up that I wasn't aware of. I believe it's called Statute 174, something about a tax code where companies of your size and I guess smaller um, are being impacted. So um, go to the high level. What is this all about? And am I saying this right? Uh, yeah. So let me just give a little bit of a context. So in 2017, there was a really good Tax Cuts and Jobs Act streamlined our tax code. Um, and an example for the individual was that they nearly doubled the deductions so that you could avoid any optimization. Okay. Um, and the big thing was in the corporations, they reduced the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21%. Um, and so that was all great. But the one problem was, how do you pay for these tax cuts? Oh, that was that whole Trump thing, right? Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. I I, I do remember it now. And people are rejoicing uh, how, uh, how great a thing this was. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, people are rejoicing. Yes. it Because it, uh, it really did uh, make some big impacts. But the problem was, how do we pay for it? And the hope at the time was that all that freed up money would then be invested in and scale up um, and then have some of that trickle down the economics. But the other way they were going to pay for it was they picked out some um, industries that they thought were profitable enough, like social media, Amazon and Facebook and so on. Um, and they thought that they could put a tax on them and that way help pay for some of these tax cuts and the lost revenue that the government was facing. And that was called Section 174 of the tax code. Okay. Um, is is it possible to quantify how much money they were looking for? Uh, they were looking for, uh, I think it was like $3 trillion over, you know, over a decade. So pocket change to a congressman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, the, the thing about, se you know, Section 174 um, is, you know, before it got implemented, so for, for all time, you know, since World War One, basically, companies were allowed to uh, deduct every person's salary, whether it's marketing or engineering or whatever. So that would reduce your profit by the expense of that uh, um, person's salary. But with this tax code, they needed a way to pay for it. And what they said was, instead of deducting uh, the engineering expenses, you, you, um, uh, you had to amortize them. So what that means is that this year, I can still deduct marketing people's salaries as an expense, all the GNA, but my engineering team, I can't expense anymore. And so what that does effectively is increase my 
profit. And there's real trouble there because I've already spent the money on my engineers. I spent $4 million or $5 million on engineering, but I'm being taxed on the money I already spent. It's not being taken out of my profit. And that really creates some complexity. So are you reclassifying some of these people? I mean, I don't want to get you in trouble with anything, but if a guy's sort of a sales engineer, is he no, is he now a sales guy? So unfortunately, uh, for years, there was this thing called uh, tax credit that we filed with the IRS. So they know how many engineers we have. And uh, you could get yourself in big trouble if you reclassify. So we've been following the rules and... Um, uh, it's it's even a little bit worse than that in that it's not just the salaries for the R&D. I try to keep it simple by saying the salaries, but it's their proportional part of the rent and all the facility expenses also get folded into the R&D expense. So That's a it's a pretty big ass. number. So now you're up in what you got to pay your accountant as well. <laughs> exactly. That's, uh, um, and trust me, I pay them a lot already. <laughs> So um, I, I wasn't going to ask you what the revenue was, but you you already said you're around $10 million. Right. Um, how much of an impact is this on a company your size? So just in round numbers, let's, let's say, just to keep it simple, let's say I just broke even last year. So I made zero in profit and I have this, you know, four to $5 million engineering expense. I have an additional $1 million in taxes that I have to pay, even though I, assuming I broke even, I still have to pay that, on the on the engineering expense that I've invested that far, so it is it's a heavy burden, you know, and it's causing people to you know, uh, have second think how they're going to survive. Um, you know, we're we're right now we have a hiring freeze, we have an investment freeze, and we're trying to reduce our expenses. And oh, by the way, I should say that there is an amortization with it, part of this plan. Was there's amortization, right? So the first year, uh, I can only expense 80% of, uh, or 20%. And the next year I get to expense 40% and then 60% and 80%. So over five years, I go back to where I was last year. So it's just a tax I have to pay for five years. And then once the five years ends, then uh, I can, I, I get back to where I am today and I can start investing again. But you might imagine there's a lot of uh, competitiveness issues if I stop investing for five years while I pay off the taxes. And is it a flat tax, you know, whether you're a billion dollar company or a $10 million company? Well, so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it's anybody that engineering. So I have this hypothesis and I, I haven't found any article to substantiate it, but Google and Amazon and LinkedIn and Meta and Apple and Salesforce and Accenture, all these high tech companies are laying off people. And yet, you know, the Fed keeps raising the interest rates and you know, the hiring continues to grow. Why is it that every industry is hiring people, but the tech industry alone is laying everybody off? And the reason is, is that they're paying for every dollar they spend in engineering, they're paying 21% uh, penalty on that person. So their salary is considered 21% more. I mean, that's where the tax is, right? The effective tax rate is 21%. So all these companies are saying, gosh, I can't have all these engineers. Otherwise, my profitability is going to go down by that additional amount. And so that's like, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. I mean, you hadn't heard about it. And, uh, I, you know, there's a art- really good article in the Silicon Valley, excuse me, in the um, in the Wall Street Journal that says, you know, th- this Section 174 is absolute innovation killer. Well, we are, if I got this right, we're almost at the end of this where this tax is going away in a, in a year. No, 
So what what you know, and it kind of mystifies me why the Republicans you know put this in in the first place, right? Because they're always pro business, but they kick the the kick the can down the road. So it didn't start until the fifth year after uh, the tax law was passed. So the next uh, next administration inherited the trouble from before. So all the tax cuts happened immediately. All the corporations got their money. They bought back a lot of their stock. The stock market went way up. But it wasn't until five years later when this thing actually got implemented that it was time to, to uh, pay the piper, so to speak. So five years for it to go into effect and then five years for it to run its course. Right, exactly. Oh, so God, wow, that's pretty interesting. So um, why doesn't this get more publicity? How come, I mean, you you raised a whole bunch of really good points. Yeah, so um, in fact, if, if you're in the weeds like I am, and uh, there are a lot of people um, that are working on it, but it's just when you have Silicon Valley Bank failing, right, that gets a lot bigger press. You get the attention of someone like Senator Warren, it's all over that, but you know, they're not really focused on the small guys like us. In aggregate, there's lots and lots of small people, small companies, you know, um, small tech companies, startup companies. Those are the ones that are getting hurt the most. The big guys can just lay off people. The little guys are the ones really getting crunched. Um, and so there are a bunch of initiatives. There's a, um, a woman, Michelle ha uh, Hassan, who just on LinkedIn got a whole bunch of us together to say, hey, we want to sign a letter. And we sent it to the senators. I worked with the Massachusetts uh, Technology Leadership Council, got them. Um, I wrote to every single one of my senators. Uh, and actually, Maggie Hassan's uh, office called me back. And we had a long 45-minute discussion. Maggie Hassan has actually uh, proposed a bipartisan bill with Todd Young, who's a Republican from Indiana. Uh, Maggie Hassan's a Democrat from New Hampshire. It's called the American Innovation and Jobs Act. Um, and they're hoping to, to completely reverse this change to the tax law. Um, so there's a lot of movement. Um, there's a lot of individual letter writing, but it's just, there's bigger issues that, that people feel and see, you know, that senators are focused on the big issues. They're not focused on thousands and thousands of small issues, right? They don't see that it has this dramatic impact. And so the press doesn't really see it. And, and uh, so I'm so glad that, you know, uh, you guys, Open Systems Media, right? You guys are, are you know, aware of it now and, and wanted to explore it a little bit more. And, you know, that was really great. Well, the one thing I do want to bring up, though, if this is repealed, as you said in the beginning, the money's got to come from somewhere. So right. it, it's just not coming from you. It'll be coming from whoever they decide should be the, the guy who gets impacted next. Right. So that is that is the case, okay? Um I have my own views on all that. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be political here, but um, nope, can't be political here. Bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's um, uh, it it is. There are ways for this to be taken care of. Again, there's bipartisan support. It's just the sausage making in Washington hasn't gotten over the finish line. Secretly, I was hoping that this debt limit crisis that we're facing now would be an, an, an avenue for us to to get this in. But um, in talking to some of the senators and Congress people that I met with. Um, I really believe that in September timeframe, that's when you have to budget, pass the budget for the you know FAA and for all Social Security and everything else gets passed then. I think that's the timeframe that Maggie, uh, Senator Maggie Hassan's bill with Todd Young will get um, put in. Again, it's a bipartisan bill. Everybody wants it. It's just the horse trading that has to go on in our current state of uh, affairs. Cool stuff. I'm going to dive into this further. Hopefully, we've just 
put a little bit of a spotlight on this and maybe we can get something done. Fantastic, Rich, I can't thank you enough for uh, bringing this issue to light. My pleasure. I mean, there's nothing we want to do more than create jobs in our space. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, just, was Jeff, yeah. that was Jeff Hibbard. He is the CEO of Interval Zero, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate your time here. It's my joy, really. Thank you so much.